Hello, Podicumans, and welcome to the Podicesis podcast, a podcast about what Christians believe and why it matters. I'm Brett Maddox, and once again, we're joined by your very best friends. And uh, I was going to say something about high school graduation with you guys, but um, it just didn't work out in my head. So we're at the end of the school year, and I know we've all got kids. So is this a time of celebration, or is this a time of, of uh, oh, here we go again with summertime? No, it's a time of celebration. I don't have to get up at 545 to get my kids breakfast and get them out the door. I get to sleep about an hour later. So all is, awesome. all is well. And it's kind of different for me. It's a celebration because when I get up at five o'clock, I have my whole morning to myself instead of having uh, to stop and be disjointed, um, not to have to stop taking care of my kids. Wow, this sounds awful. Yeah, your <laughs> father of the year goes to Jim Moro. So, no, man, I'll invest in my kids later. I get my whole morning to myself. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. So how are you guys doing? Alan Kaysen, Jim Morrow? Man, since the last episode, I'm doing great. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So a little inside baseball. uh, No. No inside baseball? All right, we'll leave it alone. Okay, never mind. That's when we get 100 uh, five-star reviews. You know what? We're at 55 right now, and um, we still haven't done the interview with Alan Kaysen. You know what we've done? We've talked about how we've not done it more than we've actually done it. I thought about actually kind of surprising Alan right now with, hey, tell us about growing up as a PK. But um, I'm going to tell you this right now. The next episode, we're going to take a moment at the very beginning. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Have you all seen um, Zach Galifianakis's Between the Ferns (laughs) YouTube series? Yes. Okay, we're going to set this up like that for you. (laughs) That'd be amazing. It's going to be Potakesis between the ferns. Between the ferns, we'll put up pictures and everything. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, all ready, right. Kaysen. So, uh, as always, hit do. us up on social media at Potakesis is where you can find us. Leave a five star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Um, and um, if you'd like to comment about our last episodes uh, or let us leave us um, any you know notes of encouragement or if you have any questions, you can do that. And you can also email us at questions at Um, and we will try to get back to you on that as well. Well, we're continuing on towards uh, the end of this uh, discussion on John Wesley's revision of the Shorter Catechism. We've been dealing with the Lord's Prayer, and uh, last episode we did petition number one, where we talked about hallowed be your name. Today we're going to deal with petition number two out of the Lord's Prayer, which is your kingdom come. And so I'm going to turn it over to Alan with this question, what do we pray for in the second petition? In the second petition, which is your kingdom come, we pray that Satan's kingdom may be destroyed and that the kingdom of grace may be advanced, ourselves and others brought into it and kept in it, and that the kingdom of glory may be hastened. Mm. And this is uh, Matthew 6.10. I'll read the beginning of the prayer. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come mm-hmm. you can also find that in luke 11 that's good and uh and then we're going to look at um uh text out of revelation actually we're going to be moving into revelation so i think our brother jim morrow has that hey so when we pray your kingdom come are we actually participating in a game of thrones so to speak <laughs> well beware of the or, white or, walkers or a clash of kingdoms oh Oh, okay. That's a mobile I, game that you love, ain't it, Alan? No. All right. Well, my jokes are as good as everything else. <laughs> yeah. Let's go to the let's go to the word of the Lord. Uh, a couple of verses out of <laughs> Revelation. And so our scripture proofs are going to kind of um tell us 
to kind of speak to the various parts of this whole answer. So 12, we'll read verses 10 and 11. And it says this. Um, and I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, now the salvation and power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come for the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down who accuses them day and night before our God. And they have conquered him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony for they love not their lives, even to their death. And so there it is right there talking about how the kingdom of God prevails over um, the authority and work uh, of the accuser, which we would often call Satan, which is right there in 12, the ancient serpent who is called the devil, Satan, the deceiver of the whole world. Mm-hmm. Um, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So I like how you get deeper voice when reading that. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it seems daunting. Yeah. Um, so there you just see the fact that God is at work to bring better rule in this world and that there is, um, as, as the eschaton comes, as the fulfillment of all things, works out in whichever way you view that. <laughs> um, Very that diplomatic. There is one who accuses us before God that, that is being and will be thrown down, mm-hmm. and that the kingdom and the authority of Christ and God will reign. Mm-hmm. Amen. All right, let me, let me move over to 22, chapter 22 real quick to throw out verse 20, which is right here at the end of the entire Bible. It says, He who testifies to these things says, surely I am coming soon. Amen. Come Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. One, I love that verse. It's just awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but talks about the fact that Christ is coming. Mm-hmm. And so we pray for your kingdom to come. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we pray for. And, and really in concert with um, John, the writer of Revelation, who says, amen, come Lord Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, uh, you, you mentioned Game of Thrones. You mentioned mentioned um, uh, Clash of King. What is it? King. Whatever that mobile game was. Clash of Kingdoms. Yeah, Clash of Kingdoms. Um, you know, I think about you know uh, the Lord of the Rings trilogy. You're right. The the Return of the King, kind of this reestablishment of this ancient kingdom that will bring peace and um, and whatnot. Um, I think about uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. Now, you know. It's real got this kingdom motif behind it, um, and the coming of Aslan and the the, the return of the that those who would come and and to bring peace into Narnia. I mean, you've get these these motifs. They 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 speak to us. I know when, when I read these things, when I hear these these stories of a, a returning kingdom or a returned king to set things right, like things are not right. This isn't. This is a, a kind of an, an ingrained story within us, and I think it probably is uh our created selves the the you know created in the image of god who lives in this broken world who's crying out for the king to come you know just it it speaks to us um i think culturally like cross cultures across um um all kinds of um years and decades and, and eras uh this idea of a returning king or kingdom to bring peace and wholeness um again well and and to go kind of archetypical Across across cultures, I believe it's true that there there are various chosen one uh, yeah. motifs yeah. and other things that say we await um, the one, whether they use king language or not. Yeah. Um, and stories and myths of various cultures are filled with these things. We still live yeah. in the chosen one motif, 
um, if, every time we come to an election in any modern nation. Oh, yeah. Um, where this is the, have you noticed that all of the time, everything is at stake all of the time. Like we're going to live or die based on every single choice we make, especially politically. Mm -hmm. Um, every four years, every four years, two years. years, Yes. Um, I'm just waiting for Harry Potter. That's all I (laughs) He's the real chosen one. So we're waiting for, you know, and, and, and you have against Lord Voldemort. Right. Are you trying to take me off the subject? No, I'm just okay. just because <laughs> I have one more. I have one more thing to say. I was hoping you're you're uh, you're maybe trying to protect me from the backlash. No, oh no. Um, there Go are ahead, cer- certain segments of of a national Christian nationalism, which I distinguish for our listeners from being a Christian who is patriotic and who loves their country. Right. Um, who will very frequently come out and say God's anointed this, that, or the other on both uh, progressive and conservative sides. Yeah. And so you're anointing your chosen one to inaugurate a kingdom or a mm-hmm. rule or a utopia mm-hmm. in either way. And so that motif is still with us. But guess what? The Bible tells us about one king, one yeah. kingdom, and yeah. one promise for that king to return. Yeah. Usually that King Jesus, he doesn't say in Revelation 22, um, will you please elect me so I can return? Mm. I am coming soon. Yeah. Whether you like it or not. That's right. Anyway, that's my little riff. Go ahead. Like a thief in the night. You won't even be ready. He's coming. And keep oil, uh, keep oil in them lamps. Yeah, it's happening. Um, and that's good stuff. And you will see um that the Bible will speak uh the Bible will talk um in the in the way the language and the imagery that we'll use that our current kingdom is really an upside down kingdom. Like we, we live in an upside down world. Things are just not right. And that Jesus is coming to set things right. And I had this kind of thought about this. I was, I was preaching on this uh, a couple of weeks ago. And I had this thought that um, when you're turning things right, um, you know, when you're turning things back over, sometimes it can cause a mess. Sometimes it can be kind of disorienting. That oh, yeah. that process of turning um, uh, can be disorienting. So as God, as Christ is is turning things right back to the way it's supposed to be, we we in our brokenness and our sinfulness can be disoriented from what we're used to, and so it can really just uh, we we won't even like it. But if if we would be faithful and hang on and and really keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, then um, we will see that what he is doing and how he, how he's handling it. So that, that kind of idea of, uh, for whatever reason, a snow globe got in my head was, you know, when a snow globe is upside down, it, everything just starts moving and starts uh, kind of getting messy and, and whatever. And then it gets turned back upside right and it has to settle. And um, in many ways, I feel like we're kind of in that settling period where we just don't know what's happening. But if we just keep our eyes on Jesus, he's setting things right. The King is coming. Yeah, I think it's it's like uh, when you clean your room, mm-hmm. and you gotta you gotta get everything out of your closet. You gotta get everything out underneath your bed. And yeah. your, your room looks like a mess. It was a mess before, but then it's like even more a mess. Yeah. But it's like, and if you stop, it's gonna stay a mess. But like yeah. if you finish, then it you know it, it, it's you know yeah uh, it's a nice clean room. Um, and it, what's interesting about the whole idea of like upside down world is like we feel like in many ways that what we're living in is right side up. Like, and so, um, you know, so it's like, um, and we think God's kingdom is upside down. Um, and so 
I think that's part of the disorienting factor of, of God's kingdom coming is that, um, is the realization that, whoa, 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 actually, this is, this is the upside down. This is the upside down. Um, and God's kingdom is the right side up. Um, and so, okay, okay, let me, let me get, let me reorient myself, um, Mm -hmm. to what's coming. So, um, can I tell y'all something real nerdy? Sure. Straight. So, and just, (laughs) that's, that's all I've been thinking when you've been talking about the upside down is stranger things. Um, so, uh, I have always been drawn to stories uh, that the hero stories or the, the, the anointed one stories, movies, books, those, those type of, they just, I, I love those, those stories. And, um, there's a part of me that has often wondered what, how I would react if I walked into a room and a group of people came and said, you're the one, <laughs> you're, you're the chosen one. <laughs> Like, Dude, all right, so that's that's just my nerdy thing. This it's is, like, um, yeah, <laughs> this is Jesus talking to you through the matrix. Yes, that's true. Oh my gosh, <laughs> he is the one. So, we, anyway. we, I don't think we've brought out our nerd self like this in a, in a good while. That's yeah. right. Some well, of our listeners the, may be the, shocked. The end, the end or reference in last. Oh, episode. that's true. Yeah, that's right. Yes. That. Um, so. Um, of course, we all remember that Anakin Skywalker was, the, was supposed to be the chosen one himself. And so, yeah. Man, man, this, yeah. this is everywhere, isn't it? <laughs> you were supposed to bring balance to the force. So Matthew yeah, 6.10 <laughs> says, your kingdom come. <laughs> all right. Let me pull it back together. Sorry. All right. Romans. So um, uh, in the in the catechism, there is this uh, lot, this phrase that says um, that and that the kingdom of grace may not may be advanced ourselves and others brought into it and kept in it. And so part of God's kingdom coming is not just the setting right that which is broken and upside down, but it is also that new that subjects would be brought into the kingdom, that there's this coming into uh, the kingdom, becoming citizens of that kingdom. And so I'm going to read to you a passage out of Romans chapter 10. Um, brothers and sisters, my, my heart's desire and prayer uh, to God for them is that they may be saved. Um, and now he's um, particularly, he's speaking about the Jews, I think, um, in this part in um, Romans. But he's, you know, you've got the lost. And so he'll say um, that they may be saved. For I bear them witness that they have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. For being ignorant of the righteousness of God and seeking to establish their own, they did not submit to God's righteousness. For Christ is the end of the law of for righteousness and for to everyone who believes. And I'm going to keep reading just for a little bit here because I think this uh, he continues to speak about this coming into this kingdom. Um, for Moses writes about the righteousness that is based on the law, that the person who does the commandments shall live by them. But the righteousness based on faith says, do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down, or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, in your heart. That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's really 
Paul's language of we'll be able to enter into that kingdom, we'll, we'll become citizens of that kingdom. And not only citizens of that kingdom, but if you continue reading on in the New Testament, we'll become heirs of the kingdom too. Um, and so there's this familial part of that as well. So um, I love these passages out of Romans and how Paul really sees, you know, Paul, he's, he's Jewish. He is a, a, um, he's educated. He is a, um, he knows the law frontward and backwards. He, 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 he knows this, but he's got this heart for the Gentiles. He's got this heart for the Gentiles. And he also has a heart for fellow Jews who do not proclaim Jesus as the Messiah. And that is his heart for that all Jews and Gentiles would come into, uh, this kingdom. And that really is, the kingdom of God, right? Um, if we remember all the way back in Genesis chapter 12, the, uh, the um, covenant to Abraham, you will be a father to many nations, right? You will bless, uh, I'm going to bless you that you will be a blessing to the nations. God's focus has always been to the nations, not just to one particular group of people. Absolutely. So God's kingdom is wide, it's deep, it's transformative, it's um, it's beautiful. Um, John Wesley, I, I said this in the last um, <laughs> deep and wide. Jim's over here singing, and that threw me off. Deep and wide, <laughs> deep and wide. That one got me. All right. Anyway, so one of the things Wesley would do with the Lord's Prayer is he would hit it. He would take each petition, and then he would expound on it in his prayer. And uh, this is what he says about thy kingdom come. May thy kingdom of grace come quickly and swallow up all the kingdoms of the earth. May all mankind receiving thee, O Christ, for their king, truly believing in thy name, be filled with righteousness and peace and joy, with holiness and happiness, till they are removed hence into thy kingdom of glory to reign with thee forever endeavor. Uh, just this beautiful, beautiful prayer that builds upon this petition, your kingdom come. So guys, when y'all think about God's kingdom, um, what are, what are some images? What are some thoughts? What, what do you, what, what floods your, your heart and your mind when you think of God's kingdom? Revelation 21 grabs me. Uh, I will be their God and they will be my peoples and I will be with them and there will be no more weeping or mourning or crying or uh, pain for the old order of things has passed away. Mm -hmm. um, look, I am doing a new thing. Mm -hmm. All is set right. All is made right. There's beauty in that. Mm -hmm. um, my thought is, I think uh, that God's kingdom has come, but it has not fully come correct like it's it's um it's it's calm but it's still to come um and so this so there's two, i guess two things like one where can you see god's kingdom already here that's a what good are, question what, what are where are evident what what is the evidence of god's kingdom already here and how can we how can you and i um help to bring God's kingdom here on this earth. Um, uh, you know, and then just realizing that while God's kingdom is here, it is not fully here. And so 
um, as the catechism talks about, Satan's kingdom is still alive and active. I mean, they're still, um, they're still hurt. They're still wrong. Bad things happen to good people, all those types of things, um, which I guess makes it even more important to pray this prayer um, and to live out this prayer. So um, those are, I guess, that's my thoughts when I think about yes. it. I think it's a great question. Where do we see God's kingdom already? And how are we, you know, bringing in God's kingdom? Because I do think the church has a responsibility in living in that kingdom and living in the kingdom promises uh, in, in the world around us. Yeah. And that's, and that's a good point. You know, it's, commu- it's, it's community and it's not just about you and me individually bringing in the kingdom. It's about the community. Cause this is, remember, this is yeah. our fathers. So, yeah. Uh, all of us together praying this prayer. Yeah. Um, so it's not, it's not only, it's not up to just you and me to, or yeah. myself to bring in the God's kingdom. I mean, God's ultimately going to bring in God's kingdom, but yeah. Um, how can we as the church bring in God's kingdom? Yeah. One, yeah. one uh, New Testament scholar, he writes these words and I, I think it kind of puts a, he helps, he helped me with this when he said that uh, the second petition, uh, your kingdom come, um, expresses the hope of God's people throughout all of history, that your kingdom would come. The Kaddish, which is a synagogue prayer uh, that I talked about in the last episode, um, that perhaps Jesus was leaning on or using as a kind of, he had been praying it his probably entire adult life in the synagogues, um, says very similarly, may he rule his kingdom in your lifetime and in your days and in the lifetime of the whole house of Israel speedily and soon. Israel looked for God, to continue to quote uh, from this scholar, Israel looked for God to send his anointed one to rule the earth. And now that Jesus has inaugurated the kingdom of heaven, his disciples live with the anticipation of the completion of that program. God's anointed Messiah is here and at work bringing the sovereign and saving rule of God. As the disciples pray, your kingdom come, they align themselves with Jesus's own practice of prayer and join his kingdom movement and seek God's power in furthering its ultimate fulfillment. This petition is reflected in a prayer expressed in the early churches of appeal, come, O Lord, or Maranatha, the oldest Christian prayer of which we have record. Jesus's disciples had invoked the name of the covenant God as Lord, in the synagogue worship, but they now applied the same divine title to Jesus, the Messiah, who has inaugurated the kingdom of heaven and who will bring its final manifestation. Yes. Maranatha. That's beautiful. Uh, yeah. Come, O Lord. I mean, Absolutely. is that not, is that not what, we, what we yearn for and we think of when you look at murder rates or... Yeah the horrors of war in yeah. Ukraine yeah, and the fact that right now it may be happening that mamas and daddies can't find baby formula yeah, and that people are being shoved into poverty by things far out of their control, like inflation and things of that nature. Yeah. Come Lord Jesus, we need you to set this right. Yeah. I mean, it, also, times- it also means like, look, I can fight and fight and Twitter rage all I want to, but I recognize that I'm not the one who can fix this. I have responsibility to follow Jesus into fixing it and to being a part of the solution. Mm-hmm. But I'm crying out with a posture of my heart that says, I'm obedient to you, O Lord, the only one who can fix it. Yeah. I, I'm even taken by how wrote that, that phrase, come quickly, Lord, or come Lord Jesus, 
is whenever we read bad news, you know, you're reading, you go, come, come Lord Jesus, come, you know, mm-hmm. almost in a sense as you have no other words to say. Yes. It's like a lament. Yes. But what a, if you think about it, like, if you just take a step back, what a powerful lament when there are no other words to say, then that is the appropriate thing to say. Your kingdom come now quickly. Oh Lord, come Lord Jesus come. Uh, Cause there's, I don't know what else to do. And I think if we turn our posture in that direction, if we, we we fix our eyes on Jesus, then we're, you know, he will direct us and he will help us figure out how how what to do with this. How do we bring God's kingdom on earth um, through our actions, through our prayers, um, through um, reflecting him, being his ambassadors on earth? Um, yeah, powerful stuff. And and and, and Jesus. You know, if he had been praying a similar prayer in the synagogues, you know, in his adult life, he he's got a an incredible understanding. Um, even with his relationship with his father, he's got an incredible understanding um, of of what this means and and how to teach this. And I think it's a, it, it's interesting. He is telling his followers, "This is an important part of your prayer life, to call for God's kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven." Um, I do want to speak to a little part here. Uh-oh. That's what Brett always says when he's about to, like, drop the mic. Well, I'm not dropping the mic. I'm going to really oh, okay. just ask a question. Oh, okay. Satan's kingdom. Now, the the catechism says we pray that Satan's, uh, Satan's kingdom may be destroyed. Mm-hmm. So what, what are we talking about here? What, what is Satan's kingdom? You know, um, what's going on there? Um, is that is that uh, anywhere where they say roll tide? No, no, that's <laughs> Saban's kingdom, right? Oh, Sa- oh, Saban, which you know, for oh. some people, may be about the same. And I'm sorry. we just I'm sorry. lost some viewers. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just um, I I made a mistake. It was just a hearing error. Certainly meant nothing by it. <laughs> hearing error. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, anyway, Satan's kingdom. What? What? You know, Satan's kingdom. Um, at the before we got on the episode, uh, we were just kind of spoofing off a little bit, and you know, you don't see many places in Scripture. This is what we're talking about. You don't see many places in Scripture where Satan's kingdom comes up. Like this is Satan's kingdom. Well, in fact, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think the term exists in Scripture. I think that's correct. The implication. Yes. And the, the term. So let, let me let me make this this uh hypothesis and i would love like listeners to help me because i love i love being i love learning and getting clear on this stuff satan's kingdom seems to be to be a theological construction of biblical assertions like it's a container like it's a a big container that we use to describe kind of a lot of theological things so for one the the satan as a proper noun and name is only used a time or two in the bible Mm -hmm. Most mm-hmm. of the time, it's referred to as, you know, the Satan. Did you say that already, Brett? Yeah, Asatan is Asatan. The, it's the, like the accuser, the deceiver. Yeah, yeah. And then and then you have terms like um, the prince of uh, the powers of the air and mm-hmm. the powers and principalities of this world. Not to say that I'm not making any assertion that there's not a devil or a personified force of evil. I'm just saying that Satan's kingdom is pulling in a lot. Mm-hmm. So now where you get maybe the most direct allusion to this is going to be maybe in Ephesians 2 is one of those, and in Revelation that we just read. Mm-hmm. Um, in Revelation, Ephesians 2, 2, it says, you used to live in this certain way when you lived 
and followed the ways of this world and the and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work. So in other translations, it calls it the prince of the power of the air. So there's a sense that there is a negative, destructive ruler mm-hmm. in the air. <laughs> and then later in Revelation, which we talked about a few minutes ago, it talks about Satan, the deceiver, the serpent, um, who has been thrown down so that the kingdom of God is, you know, the kingdom of God now wins. So there's all of these things that you can get that assumption or that assertion that we live in a fallen kingdom in which a prince or a ruler like Satan is ruling over. And so I think it's fair just to be the, if you were to get Strong's dictionary and try to find the kingdom of Satan, I believe you're not going to find it, but you will find it in all of those ideas. Right. So, so wouldn't uh, maybe the the wouldn't a good definition or dis, description would be that which goes against God's will and God's kingdom? I mean, like basically anything. I mean, any. I mean, like um, uh, I don't know. Um, I, I think so. I, I mean, absolutely. In fact. Yet, yet, I, I, yes, to answer your question, yes, I think that anything that goes against God's rule, his will, um, yeah, absolutely would be considered in that, in that realm. Yeah, anything, anything tainted by sin and death Yeah, as well, Yeah, which also now, is against God's rule. Death is against God's rule, by the way. Right. Now, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I will also say something I've been struck by, by another letter of Paul's uh, just this week, honestly— um, is how often we will attribute things. Uh oh. Trying Here to think of how to word this. Okay. <clears throat> as abrasively as possible. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna read a passage of scripture to you guys, and then I'm gonna kind of give you some thoughts on this because I think this fits in this place. This is from Ephesians chapter six. Um. Paul writes, uh, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you will be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For, yes. we, do not, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And then he says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God, mm-hmm. and he'll go into that explanation. But I've been struck by this. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Yep. That, that line itself. I think if we are to hasten God's kingdom or to to live kingdom principles as followers of God, as followers of Jesus, we need to we need to realize um, where the issues are, where where uh, the evil is, where the satanic is really happening, um, where you know people we 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 tend to attack people, we tend to go after yes. people and say in attacking evil uh, people and attacking people who do wrong and attacking people that we're attacking the source of evil, we're attacking whatever. When Paul will say, no, 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 people, the, the, the real fight for us as Christians is not flesh and blood, but it's against the rulers and the principalities. It's against the demonic itself, right? Like it's against the the brokenness itself, the spiritual forces of wickedness that's what we use in our uh, uh in our baptismal covenant language mm-hmm. or in our, you know the you know the the spiritual forces of of wickedness and so um i have been struck by a lot of these new testament letters like in um the letters of peter 
when he talks about um, uh, uh, masters, uh, uh, rich people. So, you know, a lot of Christians um, in that time were themselves bond servants or slaves within households of pagans and whatnot, um, Roman pagans. And these these uh, people would uh, abuse these Christians, and so um, you know, of course, they're they're trying to figure out what's the best response to this. And Peter would say, uh, "Your best response is to wash their feet, right? Like in in doing that, in serving, in service, not in retaliation, but in service, you're you're fighting this." battle this spiritual this spiritual battle that has taken place this you're not fighting the flesh and blood you're fighting these spiritual battles and so i think we as christians we we need to take our eyes off kind of the flesh and blood of things as the enemy and understand that the enemy is the enemy it is it is the one who would draw us away from god it's the one who would draw us away from jesus it's the one who would bring put up uh, um uh, walls between us and others. It's the one who would um, want to ignite that hate in our heart and ignorance in our in our lives to be able to attack others. So I, I don't know if I'm making myself clear on any of this, except to say I've been I've been thinking a, kind of even this week a lot about that. Uh, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers and authorities. Uh, the, the there there's a the the spiritual dimension of our of our battle of our lives is so significant and yet we ignore it or we just don't we don't do anything with it am i making any sense are you telling me that like me piling on the theo bro hate for tim keller is not actually helpful that's that seems to be what paul is saying to us are you are you (laughs) are you telling me that twitter raging against someone who holds some uh, an idea i don't agree with is maybe Mm -hmm. not helpful yes i am that's exactly what i'm saying oh Mm -hmm. Well, then I delete my account. <laughs> I'm kidding. I well, I think it's I account. think it's um I think it's easy for us to attack what we can see. Yep. Yeah. So it, it's it's uh it's hard for us to realize, stop and realize, especially in our anger and our frustration and our hurt that that you know, yes, somebody else did something, but to also recognize that there's something that we can't see that's happening. Yeah. Um Mm-hmm. and that is really the problem mm-hmm. i want to so, make a distinction like there are some people who need to be stopped from doing what they're doing sure yeah, they're doing uh, evil, sure. harmful things sure but when we're sure. talking about like sure we're having a lot of culture war right now about ideologies on both the political left and right um does that mean that we need to do what some of the politicians just recently did was um please or no was this ted nugent i'm going to quote ted nugent um okay. go bash the skulls of some democrats and there are republic or democrats that are saying similar things about republican people about their platforms and ideas does that's that's the kind of thing i'm thinking about like that's me too you don't kill the person for an idea you disagree with you don't rage against the person the, it's the ideologies that y'all right. are talking about and those are bad examples because those are political and not right. necessarily things of the faith but that like the rage is getting directed out in physical violence and personal attack um, and we're crushing people under the weight of all of this stuff mm-hmm. because we don't know what it, like Alan says, we have to put that somewhere and mm-hmm. you're in front of me. Which mm-hmm. is just a reminder to keep praying your kingdom come. Like, mm-hmm. yes. um, like Lord, yes. this is, we, we, we don't, we don't even know how to fight anymore. Um, Lord, no, we don't, come, you know, what like, a we great don't even, lo- yes, or have right. a debate. Actually, yeah. we, don't know, we don't, you know, we don't know how to do it anymore. So, 
Like, Lord, just come. Like, please come. Yeah. Hurry up. Oh, and, um, and by the way, it says your kingdom come, not my kingdom come, right? Yeah, like that's exactly. Yeah. Um, In my kingdom, there would be Wendy's Frosties every day. <laughs> and, we, uh, and, and school lunch would be pizza every Monday. <laughs> school lunch would be pizza every Monday. Not every day, just every Monday. No, Monday. I feel like running for student council president. I think yeah, you there's, should. There's some, there's, look, there's something uh, political about our faith. Not that it's a political faith, but we're talking about nations and kingdoms because God yeah. is sovereign yeah. over all. Yeah. And, um, but we also recognize at the deeply personal level that in the community level, mm-hmm. um, for God's kingdom to come within us means that we need to like maybe sub- subordinate or reorder some things. Like, what does it look like for me to say, God, first and foremost, I want to be a beautiful citizen of your kingdom. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, I want to hail you as my king. And then everything else comes next. Mm-hmm. What does that mean for a community, like a church or a family mm-hmm. or, or, or like co-hosts of a podcast? <laughs> well, another question is like, well, where are my true allegiances? Yeah. And that's um, really hard because you know what? I bet most of us haven't, we don't really know. I mean, you know, um, is is our allegiance you know are we more allegiant to the god's kingdom or to the country that we live in um mm. and some of us have never been had to be put to the test um yeah and so there to be put in that dilemma would be interesting um but yeah. i mean that's really i mean god's kingdom is above all kingdoms right that's what we just said yeah. so it's a um it's something we all need to ask ourselves um mm-hmm. and and when we pray that prayer, uh, do we mean it? Um, do we, you know? And, and can we ask to mean it if we don't? Yeah, right. Yes. So. Yeah. God, I don't want this, but I want to want this. Yeah. yeah. Will you help me? I think yeah. that's a beautiful prayer. Yeah. I want do you, to do, want, yeah, do y'all yeah. see how, like, you? I'm listening to you guys talk, and just like, this is the, the Lord's Prayer is just returning to potency to me. Yeah. Um, and this is beautiful. You know, um, I think as we get ready to close down this episode, one last piece to this as we're talking is that this is a kingdom of grace. I mean, the, the catechism says that, that the mm-hmm. kingdom of grace may be advanced. And that others brought to it. And others brought to it. Mm. Right. By the way, others includes our enemies. It includes those we have ideological differences with God can God can transform anybody but not into our image into his image could you imagine how much stuff when when we're all walking the streets of gold how much stuff would be like man can you believe we used to argue about that I know I know Um, it is a kingdom of grace it's unmerited favor it is we we don't deserve it and power right um, I, I don't know if y'all have ever heard of uh, the person Tara Lee Cobble. She's done this uh, called a thing called the um, the Bible Recap. Our church has I've gone heard through of Terry Pratchett. <laughs> no, not Terry Pratchett. Okay. Uh, uh, Terry Lee Terry Lee Cobble. She's done this uh, uh, called the Bible Recap. Uh, Saint Luke has done it, and it's a Bible reading plan that's got um, a podcast piece to it. Um, it's pretty excellent, um, and she she defines. It's interesting how she defines grace and mercy. So, like, kind of the I don't know, theological definition of grace is God's unmerited favor towards us. Um, It's God's favor that we don't deserve. But uh, to put it a different way is um, 
grace is uh, getting what we don't deserve and mercy is not getting what we do deserve. Yeah. And, um, you know, simplified, I get it, but I like, I like the, that I like kind of that image of what grace is, is getting particularly from God, what we do not deserve. And that's, um, that is what being in the kingdom is. None of us deserve to be welcomed into the kingdom. And yet Jesus says, you know, if you confess me, come on in, come on in. And that is true for everyone. And that is uh, true for our listeners who perhaps don't even think they're good enough for God. I'm sure um, with the tens and tens of listeners we have uh, that, uh, that there is someone out there who is struggling even with this. Can, can I be loved by God? Can, can I be accepted by, by this God? Um, absolutely. Um, there's there in, in Mark, in the end of the gospel of Mark, you've got a Roman centurion who looks to Jesus on his death. I mean, one of these guys who was complicit in the death of Jesus who says, surely this is the son of God. That grace that hung on that cross would welcome him in, just as it would welcome any of us in, if we would put our faith and our trust in him. It's not about our past. It's not about what we've done or what we've experienced. It's not about who we were born to or, you know, any of that. Jesus' grace is a transformative grace that says, come and experience and be who you were created to be. And it's open to all. And if you would like for us to pray with you about that or to know more about what it means to be a follower of Jesus, um, you can email us at questions at podakesis.com. We'd love to pray for you um, specifically. Um, find a good church, a Bible-believing church, a, a church that believes in community and and will be there for you um, God hasn't given up on you and that's what God's kingdom is so big and so grand he hasn't given up on you so um, yeah what a what a beautiful thing um, I didn't mean to get into an altar call there well you did <laughs> um, but we are so grateful for this this loving God whose kingdom has come and will come um, in ultimate victory. Um, and we look forward to that day. All right. Well, um, we are going to end now and, uh, we are going to, uh, uh, let you know that our next episode will be on the third, uh, the third petition of, of this, of the Lord's prayer in which we will be talking about your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And uh, so we um, would just ask you to join, be ready to join us for that. Um, as always, the, uh, one, we want to remind you that the Podakesis podcast is a proud member of the Spirit Truth Podcasting Network. Spirit Truth is a movement of Wesleyan-minded Christians seeking to awaken and equip the 21st century church through the power of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel and to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We long to see a new movement of Christians who are empowered by the Spirit, rooted in truth, and mobilized for mission. For more information and resources, you can visit spiritandtruth.life. Hit us up on social media at Potikesis is where you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can email us at questions at You can leave us a voicemail, 
888-985-6679 is our phone number. And as always, leave us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, and that just helps us there. The next episode, we're going to spend the first uh, few minutes uh, talking to Alan about what it was like growing up a preacher's kid. Oh, and, my. Uh, and now Alan, everybody's so so riveted by it. They can't well, wait. Well, I, I, we just got to hear those stories, man. We need we need Anticip- you to— Anticipation. <laughs> dig deep and tell us— Tell us what you've got. Tell us the juiciest thing you, you like, the, the this most scandalous <laughs> thing you did as a PK. Um, as long as the statute of limitations has passed. And so then that'll be fine. Yeah. Um, so join us next time for Potokesis Between the Ferns. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. As we grill Alan. Um, anyway, until then, y'all have a great day and we'll talk to you later. <laughs>